Hello, thank you for listening to Theologizing Life. This is part two of our marriage podcast where our wives were kind enough to join the podcast with us. So I hope you enjoy part two. Last time we left off on talking about strengths of our marriages. So enjoy. What would your strengths be? So it's going to sound kind of like, like I'm going to, what's the word? Uh, <laughs> Contradiction. Yeah. Wow. It's really hard. So I would say, even though we're working on it, I would say our communication has grown and it's getting better. So I would say that that is on I don't know. Maybe it's not. Sometimes I feel like we're making strides and it's a strength that we are, have open communication. But when we get thrown in that rut, it can, it's like your greatest strength can become your worst threat sometimes. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, that's what came to mind. And then also just, um, just that, you know, commitment to one another being like founded in Christ in that covenant like relationship. And I'm losing all my words now. It's okay. Your turn. Tap. It's getting late. <laughs> We're gonna get tired, Emily. Um I think so I, I do agree. Our communication is something we're working on, but it's something we're aware can be a threat and we are intentional about um or we try to when we have opportunity and uh, not that, com- you know, usually comparison is a bad thing, but like in terms of like other couples sometimes, like I think we do have more of a transparent, open, honest, um, relational communication. And I think it's healthy. Like there's not, um, I don't know, there's, there's like not things that we don't talk to each other about or talk to other people instead of each other about really. Um and then another one I think would be that we do a lot of things like together and yeah. that, that spans a spectrum of like, we will do fun things together. So we like, we will watch shows together um, and we will enjoy that. Uh, but we will also together decide to um, do something generous or like to give to some cause financially and we will decide the amount together um or like i don't know uh inviting someone over or something like that to to be a blessing to them we we do those things and those decisions um buying cars like all of that stuff like financial decisions fun activities family things we do it together and sometimes we maybe have different perspectives and maybe don't agree sometimes but for the most part we're pretty um we're pretty together on it and when we go to make the decision it is a together and because i mean i guess the danger if we weren't together is that there could be like resentment or you know friction tension built up over time but i mean there are certainly things we do 
apart for ourselves. Oh yeah, yeah. We but, we have individual hobbies. I'm not saying right, we do we're everything not like together. So much one person that we don't do anything apart from each other. That's not it at all. But. No, I just feel like we have a unified like we we're you usually unified in what we do. And mm-hmm. I know some Christians like there's this like the male like leader and things and. I don't want to totally get into all that. And I, I think there's value in that, but there's just, there is this one flesh stuff, I think in this, um, there's not. There's a mutual trust and respect. Yeah. And we come to things together. Yeah. I would say I the mean, togetherness is a strength of our marriage and what we do and decide and things like that. So, yeah. I think it's something really interesting that I hadn't thought about in a long time, like that you guys are your own like confidants. Like you don't talk to someone else about things that you don't tell Emily or vice versa, which like some people, some people do that. And I think that that can be really threatening. But if you have your own husband and own wife as your confidant, one flesh, we do these things together. When we make these decisions, we only share these things within our marriage. That's really, really healthy. Yeah. Yeah. What about you guys? What are one to three strengths you would say of your marriage? I think we're good at being friends. I was going to say the same thing. It doesn't sound super significant, but like we'll like watch a movie or like go out in public and like interact with someone or, you know, we'll, and we'll notice the same exact thing. Yeah. And we'll walk away <laughs> knowing that we both noticed it and we just can't wait to talk about it. And it just makes everything so much more funny. I love that. It has consistently been a theme. Like before we were in friends, I feel like we had that going for us. Like yeah. we both knew exactly what the other person was thinking and we noticed the same things. Like we'll be driving and not talking to each other, or whatever. And We'll both look at a billboard and we will have the exact same like reaction or take to it. Like if it's something weird, Matt will literally say out loud the exact words that are going through my head. And it's just, it's just hilarious. It's like, yeah, we're, we're going to be friends. I think enjoy spending time together above like all else. I think that if I want to have fun with somebody, I want to be there with Matt. So. Yeah. I don't want to hang out with anyone else. Yeah. You know? expand our social circles a little bit no i mean like yeah hang out with like i'll hang out with anthony or like someone else and but it's not like i never want to come home it's like i'm so having so much fun i never want to come home to elisa it's like like that's that was that's ridiculous to me like i never want to like be away from each other you know yeah i agree that's true so uh, this is a, uh, uh, like the hashtag, you know, relationship goals, which I don't think that's a thing anymore. I think that's old, but hashtag relationship hashtag goals. Anymore. Yeah. Oh, stop. I'm so old already. Have you, um, have you observed any qualities in older married couples that you want to aspire to? Like there's like this couple and you're like, we want to be them when we're older. We want to like... Uh, hopefully have that characteristic quality or see if we're thinking of the same person this is one of those moments who am i thinking of right now rick and nyla there's this couple and it was a very very brief moment in mostly matt's life matt did an internship in auburn indiana 
and he stayed with an older couple whose children were all grown. They were grandparents and they lived on a farm. Nick and Ryla, Nick, Nick, <laughs> Rick and Nyla Fuller. And I don't know. It's just like the way that they interacted with each other. I, so I lived in, they had a basement apartment and they didn't have a door on the, the basement because they wanted me to like be part of their family so like we're not going to give you a door because we don't want you to be a hermit i think they knew me before they even met me <laughs> <laughs> but like i'd get to hear because so rick was still a farmer like he was you know i don't think he does anymore but he would get up at like you know four four thirty in the morning to go out and work in the field and not get back until like seven thirty. but like i would get to hear them like making breakfast in the morning and just like chatting and being cute and and funny and like I don't know I don't have a specific example but they're just like such loving people and hospitable in a way that I'll never be able to be hospitable and I don't know and she I the thing I liked about Nyla is that she just had her own she had her own like personality and presence. And I think that maybe that's why we want to emulate them is because Rick was a little bit more like reserved and quiet and kind. And then there was Nyla, who was just like the life of the party. She was the one having all everybody over at her house. She was the one cracking jokes and like calling Rick Ricky and like all that, all that stuff. And I feel like she was just a very strong woman who obviously led her house in a really special way and I feel like they just kind of could be us when we're older hopefully hopefully what about you guys I mean there's been sweet older couples that you can just see that they they just still like each other and they just love sharing space and like they don't want to be apart from each other because you know they've done life forever and they want to keep doing it and they just have a fondness and a contentment that they have just by being with one another. They don't have to be doing anything special or exciting. They're just so content being together and um, just like that gentle love that, you know, it's just so sweet to see in the faithful love. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I have a few people in mind, but those are the main themes. Yeah. But how about things that I experienced before we got married like people found out we were engaged and they would be like oh it's it's not too late to run away now or like it's like you know it doesn't have to be like that like frustrating when when people treat marriage as if it's like oh I did this and I'm stuck here what else am I gonna do like it's the end of your life like oh don't get married so early like your life is gonna be over as you know it it's like if that's what you think I think that maybe you're doing it wrong yeah. Like, like there's another option and I like how what you described Emily like an older couple that's growing old together growing together still enjoying each other's company and just yeah. joy in their relationship that is so beautiful yeah. and just the grace that they have you know I mean I can think of examples of the opposite and you're like oh I don't want to mm-hmm. like being in the same room you get like upset just sharing space and you know you've seen I mean we've seen couples that have been together for forever and it's like only because you know they said I do 
it's gonna be till death do we part but we're gonna be miserable the whole time yeah you know it's like a i don't know if it's a generational thing or even just a christian thing but it's like this this relentless commitment to not getting divorced but not a relentless commitment to having a healthy marriage right. you know but you can, I would yeah. advocate for a relentless commitment to not getting divorced. Like that's start there. But yeah. also well, yeah. But like but that's the only thing. It's <laughs> like it's like the shame of divorce is like the sin above all all yeah. sins, right? And it's like they will do go to any lengths to not get divorced, but they will continue to sin against each other in a marriage just because like they're unhappy and right. not love each other. Yeah. And so yeah, I do want to say like like we don't throw around the divorce term as like an argument leverage thing. And I'm not saying divorce is like, Hey, if you're not happy in marriage, get like, no, not, not, not at all. But I am saying, I There's don't know that it's, contrast. it's yeah. like what you said, they're sinning. They're, they're not getting divorced, <laughs> but they're sinning against each other. Cause they're not actually upholding vows either. And there's this, um, but like uh, it's sort of this like legalism versus the heart of the law type of thing. Like, mm-hmm. They're legalistically not getting divorced, but they're not really loving one another well. And I don't want that. But the question was some things we have seen. So um, uh, I have seen that there are, um, I don't see them a lot, but my grandparents have seen a couple of times and I know their marriage hasn't always been this way. And I haven't always seen this, but in these later years, there is this like one fleshness and this contentment, they're homebodies, but they seem very content with one another. And then one of the things I appreciate, and I don't see a lot of things, but one, like, cause we just don't, I live far away, but one of the things I appreciate is they'll tell stories and sometimes one of them might get a detail mixed up and the other one might once maybe correct or say, no, I think it was this, but then they let it be like, I've seen couples like degrade one another like no you're remembering it wrong your mind's just gone johnny like or like just like like or just argue with each other over these insignificant like they're they they bicker about it and i've just seen my grandparents like they will defer like they will they won't do that to one another they won't tear each other down over petty things um they like for example like you know maybe they a couple years ago we did this went on this trip I'm like was it a couple years ago or was it just and then like i see my grandpa and my grandma like oh yeah you're probably right instead of like needing to be right they will like oh yeah i i could be wrong or like there's just a humility there so yeah like seeing humility and contentment um with one another is nice to see in older couples So next hashtag, hashtag date night, which is a funny movie. Not You're always really dating yourself here. Anthony. I don't think anyone. Stop, <laughs> I do this all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I think I'm 10 years behind on everything. Rickly a millennial thing though. So, so Emily perfect, perfect stopped date up night. with the times when she stopped helping in the youth group. So it was still lost on me then but i tried <laughs> okay describe describe your perfect date night mm. we took a trip to indianapolis a couple of years ago we went to the we went to st elmo's steakhouse mm. yeah. best meal i've ever had my so good it was amazing and then we just went to the, there's this little bar that they have um on the second floor 
And then we hung out there for a little bit. And then it was not the same night, but I would combine it with like we went to a Pacers game. Neither of us like basketball, but we both like nachos. So we <laughs> just went there to eat food. And I don't know. That's I still look back really fondly on that trip. That was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So a good meal and then something like a sporting event or somewhere where like we could hang out and like not like a movie or what like place like we could talk and just you know do something fun memorable together yes definitely fancy dinners where we walk in and the wait staff is like you have no business being here yeah (laughs) those are my favorite restaurants the ones where they don't serve you well because they know that you're not going to tip well but that's but then it's like yeah we just have that look because we're young. They're just like, oh, yeah, forget about them. They're not going to tip, so why bother? But, <laughs> no. One of these days. Yeah. What about you, Elisa? What's your f- perfect date night? Yeah. Well, I, I love fancy dinners. I love getting dressed up. Um, I think that that's my favorite date night. Yeah, and I think Matt said it well. Like, I don't think we'd ever go to a movie that doesn't feel like you're spending time together at least for us we would do that for the sake of the movie but not in place of our date night so yeah dinner and a Packers football game oh yeah just kidding he forgets that I exist when we go to the Packers game (laughs) only one (laughs) and he said that was the best day of my life (laughs) at that point he had he was married with children (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) That's hilarious. Uh, So you guys, what's your perfect date night? What's yours? You go first. Okay. Well, I I would say dinner out. Sometimes we just like to try new restaurants together. And then, I mean, so we like to try new restaurants, but we also have a couple favorites that we just like can't stop going to because we love them. So um and then some sort of adventure or fun activity is kind of those are always my favorite so we yeah that could be I don't know that could be anything we went horseback riding together a week or so ago and I was just having the best time I was so happy I mean I was Anthony was like I'm doing this for you but I was like I feel so loved and I just had the best time um and then i mean a date night should always end with ice cream that's what i think you're gonna say that (laughs) so we yeah i agree we've done like we've when we've been jet ski uh rented a jet ski before we've been parasailing um these are like the big these are the these are vacation things things we've done too but this isn't like normal yeah yeah but okay so i'm gonna bring an example of one that was pretty fun we were on vacation together um, the kids were with my mom. And so, um, like here, I'll give you the, I'll give you the formula and then I'll, I'll share this fun date. So good food of some sort, mm-hmm. um, enough time to walk around outside or just enjoy on, uh, unrushed, you know, unrushed time, yeah. uh, an activity, um and then you know maybe it's a date date maybe a movie like we'll go we I, I, we enjoy the I'll cinema for- we'll we'll talk about it after and we have 
you guys talked about those things like you'll see a billboard or something like our sense of humor or just like what we find entertaining about movie is pretty aligned so like afterwards we have those experiences sometimes watching a movie where we know what one like you know what i mean um but uh so the kind of rubric rubric good food (laughs) unrushed time uh an activity and then emily says ice cream so that has to be there because she said so if i was in charge of the date but one fun (laughs) thing we did we were on vacation we um went out to eat and then we just randomly we, we went to this margaritaville uh oh, area right. that had in florida that had like all these they had the margaritaville restaurant but had other restaurants and all the other stores and all this different stuff like, it was like, yeah, a whole, like an like, outdoor like a shopping like mall. a yeah like a outdoor sh- yeah whatever shopping mall <laughs> what i just urban said. center thing activities did they have like live music they had mm-hmm. a band and yeah is that where you're going yeah there's like nightlife stuff um not that we're into like <laughs> we like to people watch it's really fun we went to dinner but then we were walking around and we walked by um uh dave and busters and we were like i was never really been uh i'd never really oh no wait i had been but she'd never really been so we walk in and they had some sort of deal on like a card of tokens or games or whatever load the card or whatever and so we're like i was like let's try it like i think this would be fun I was like the inner child in me that I was, grew up going to Chuck E. Cheese was like, I want to do this. I you was know? hesitant. Like this sh- is freaking me out. There's too many people and too many things. It was very loud. There's all this stuff. But we loaded this card and started playing the games. And she had ended up having a, a lot, lot of fun. fun playing all these like arcade games and David Busters. Yeah. And, on the uh, side, I could see coming through yes um, the what emily loves a good competition yeah only if i think i might be able to win which is most of the time okay (laughs) if there's no (laughs) chance i'm not competitive (laughs) yeah that was real that that was like one of those like surprisingly uh spontaneous with that those are fun spontaneous we've had a couple like we've set out to do something or a date and then there's a spontaneous fun thing why don't we just go there why don't we just try that yeah i actually love that or like we're at a restaurant and it happens to have live music that night. We didn't know, Stop we didn't that. plan or something like that. And it's like, well, that was cool. Um, those are fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So early on, spontaneous, I'll just throw this in there. So early on when we had been dating, it's like fireworks. Where did the mm-hmm. fireworks start coming from? I don't know. It, But he dropped this line. We just kept seeing fireworks every time we were together when we were dating for this like amount of time. And every time- fireworks or like... What? Like literal in the sky. Yeah, yeah. So like, sorry. <laughs> we went on. A, we went on a date. And we were movie. like, we were like walking around, and it was near a city, and it was sometime around July Fourth or something. And there were these different uh, fireworks shows that were visible within the distance. But then, and then Anthony just drops the line. I planned that, and then every time it was just like, oh, plan that, and we would just. Ah. I don't know. It's funny. It started, anyway, it's funny. It started happening. Inside joke of yeah. It early, happened early dating years. Uh, a couple of different times where we were out, and then apparently that town's fireworks were happening that night. And so, yeah, be like, I planned that. Planned that. That's actually a great segue into my next question because if you were to go back in time to your engaged younger selves and could only share one piece of advice from the future with them, what would it be? So, make the joke. Of- 
Huh? I said stop making the joke about planning fireworks. Yeah. <laughs> Younger Anthony was um had a very some pretty narrow ideas of some Christian things. And so I think I'd go back and tell my younger self that um, just because you're both Christians, just because this is going to be a Christian marriage um, does not mean you have it all figured out (laughs) that you are spiritually super mature and that your marriage is going to be happily, the Christian version of happily ever after. Um, There's still a lot of intentional growth young man that needs to happen (laughs) um because i think i had a little uh i hate to admit this but i think i had a little like self-righteousness even in our marriage like i had some personal self-righteousness but i think i had some like got it figured out marriage self-righteousness does that make sense so yeah you're a college bible student who was about to get married yeah yeah i understand (laughs) the (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> self-righteousness because we, we all think, have a little self-righteousness at there. that point i'm just yeah. like oh i can do they it gave us a kick in the pants <laughs> yeah what about you um i would say um listen to understand not to prove a point or to prove i'm right or you're wrong because you're wrong i'm no, just kidding <laughs> um so empathize and listen to understand especially in the midst of an argument and then along with that like stop justifying your point and uh yeah it's not about winning or losing it's not a competition it's about the closeness and intimacy of our relationship so that's what's at stake and that's what's more important so. yeah i mentioned I, like i mentioned for example like i struggled with my mental health and i think some part of me when i was younger thought like oh when i get married i'll just grow up and these things will all just go away but if anything they just get you know highlighted even more because the things that you do that you could just do and be alone with like now there's another person that gets to see that part of you you know for better or for worse so I think that's something that I've I'm continually having to learn is like you know those things that I struggle with you know for my whole life like they're not just going to magically go away just because I get married and it's up to me along with, you know, the Holy Spirit to, you know, work those things out of me and not just say, oh, this is who I am. You know, this is the thing I struggle with, you know, at least to deal with it. It's like, no, it's something that Jesus is trying to to work in me through. So, yep. I was going to say something very similar. I have a tendency in my life to look at the next thing in my life and be like, well, once I have that, then I'll be happy. And I did that with our marriage saying like, once we get married, that's when I'll feel like I have arrived. That will be it. I will finally have what I need. And it certainly was not 
it didn't fill that hole because that hole is only meant to be filled with Jesus. And also it's there to indicate like, this is not where we eternally belong. So you're never really going to have like that feeling like I've arrived, I'm finished, I am done until we meet Jesus. And I think that that's purposeful. But I certainly looked at marriage and tried to fill that hole with it. And yeah, it can cause a lot of tension when you're you're marrying another human being who also has their own like burdens and sins. And then you're bringing those two people together. And when you look at marriage as like the fix it, and then that person doesn't meet your expectations of um, like filling that need, it can be really, really frustrating. And I think that that happens for a lot of people and for a lot of people who don't know Jesus and who don't know that there's actually something better in life than marriage. So they tend to get hopeless and lost in the fact that that didn't work. And I would love to go back to my younger self and just say like, this isn't going to be like what you think it's going to be, but it's going to be amazing. And it's because of Jesus. So I probably wouldn't have listened to myself, but <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a good, you can relate. Yeah, yeah. I understand. <laughs> um, do you guys have any other, uh, any other thoughts just to sort of cap off any other um, insights, experiences, thoughts about marriage, theologizing about marriage. Hmm. Interesting. I think it's just such a beautiful tool that God has to illustrate his love for the world and for the church. And it's also really beautiful that it's not the only illustration he has. Um, I think there's still something, not still, there is something very powerful about singleness, about like redemption through pain and divorce. Like relationships are just such a, such a messy thing overall because they're so important to God. So I think Satan tries to use them as tools to really mess up our lives and mess up our view of God. But when all, all relationships are on the foundation of Jesus and following in what he has, how he has shown us to love and interact with each other, they are a wonderful, wonderful representation of how God created the world to work. And I love being able to experience that and those moments in our marriage when it's like, yep, this is what Jesus meant yeah. for this relationship. Yeah, that's good. I see you actually have some notes on that. Um, I mean, these are just some final thoughts that I have, but just the importance of continuing to make time for one another and, um, just remembering that like one day we're going to be old and gray and I want to look next to you, like next to me and see you. And I want to know you more, not like look to my side and be like, who is this? Um, so just that like continuing to grow together and, um, you know, 
we don't know I mean as much as we know about each other we still don't know all about each other even 12 years in and there's still a lot to know and to grow and continue to being to be intentional about loving one another and um you know I hear kind of I mean we've all heard it like people say like well that's not the person I married and um I hope not the person you married I mean but you hear some of that come out in people that are unhappy with their marriages or relationships and um the truth is I'm not the same person I was when we got married for I mean for better or worse and Anthony's not the same man he was when we got married for better or worse um and um but just kind of holding that in like it's okay that life has changed and life has happened but the point is that hopefully we're going through that together not um not I mean we're not going to be the same people and that's okay and that's part of the journey and part of the um experience and uh you know at the end of the day no matter what I'm committed to loving you and you're committed to loving me and just trying to follow in Jesus footsteps with a self-giving love and some days it's easier and some days it's harder but just keep on keeping on yeah keep choosing keep choosing each other and choosing Jesus in that so I agree with all of that there's one thing I've been thinking about lately because it came up and there was this way of thinking about that was helpful for me that I think I'll share I don't know if it's helpful for other people but a lot of conflicts and things revolve around some level of disappointed expectations. Um, and I realize that there are unknown expectations, uncommunicated expectations, and unrealistic expectations that were happening. Um, so the unknown are those things that I take uh, for granted. And um, I don't even know, like I'm expecting it. You know, it's like, I just, I, I am so taking it for granted that I assume that Emily should do this or that. Um, but then when she fails it, then I realize, oh, there was an expectation there. I think sometimes we have expectations that are unknown to even ourselves, um, kind of these blind spots. And then there's the uncommunicated, which are often also the unknown ones. But there are expectations that we know, but we haven't fairly or clearly or consistently communicated them to the other person. Um, uh, or sometimes we uh, we just assume they're wired like we are and don't communicate. I don't know, but sometimes we don't communicate our expectations and that can cause problems. And then the unrealistic one uh, is usually when we're expecting someone to surpass their human limitations to meet some sort of deficiency or need in us. And that's not fair to do to another person. Like they're not an eternal being. They're not God. They're not Jesus. They're not the Holy spirit. And it's so a, a simple example is it's not wrong for me to like appreciate or value affirmation. It's not even wrong for me to want affirmation, but if I need affirm affirmation and I put this, that insatiable need because of some deficiencies in my own sense of self and worth and value, and I put that expectation on Emily, uh, but it's unrealistic because 
she could never meet it. Like she could affirm me, but it's never good enough. Like that's a problem. And so I just realized and um, that I had those at play at times. And I think other people probably do too. So that's the language I use now sometimes is we sometimes have unknown, uh, uncommunicated, unrealistic expectations. And um, those are, it. it's worth, if that might be happening in your marriage, I guess I would say it's worth doing some reflection yourself and trying to identify those and then communicate them um, and talk about them so that it can be clarifying and stuff. So, yeah. Well, that was fun. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. Do you guys have any, uh, any other closing remarks, closing <laughs> remarks? That was fun. I enjoy talking to you guys. And I think that we're a better couple because we know you. So thank you. Oh, that's super kind. <laughs> so we are better people and a better couple and better at being friends, I think, with people because of being friends with you guys too. Yay. Emily. <laughs> oh no. Oh. Actually, I'll put it this way. You guys enrich our lives. Yes. Yeah. That's a that's a good word. No, it's okay. Our our sappy ending. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've been talking, Matt and I have been talking about having our wives on here for a long time. And I'm just really excited that we actually made it happen. Oh, thank you for and, having us. Uh, it was really fun. So I hope, uh, listeners, um, I hope this was encouraging to you. I hope uh there was some things that you could relate to and maybe some things that were helpful. Um, if you do find that it was, I encourage you to like, share, uh, rate on uh, Apple Podcasts. All of those things can help expand our listener base. Um, but thanks for joining us. Until next time, this was Theologizing Life with Anthony Cottrell, Matt Tracy, Elisa Tracy, and Emily Cottrell. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time.